Well, we're a third of the way through the Northwestern football season. So let's take stock of what all has happened so far. You are Locked On Northwestern, your daily podcast on the Northwestern Wildcats. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in. This is Locked On Northwestern, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Uh, I'm your host, Carter Bird, and thank you for making Locked On Northwestern your first listen every day for anything and everything Northwestern. Uh, We're available wherever you get podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever. We're also on YouTube. Just search Locked On Northwestern. Make sure you subscribe, turn on notifications. Uh, You leave a comment, a review, whatever... uh, Whatever can help us improve the show, we would love your feedback. We'd love to interact with you. All right, so today, let's talk about this season so far. Um, A third of the the way through the schedule, four games in, hasn't quite been what it could be, Um, hasn't been close to what it could be, Uh, been disappointing so far especially with my preseason prediction that I thought there was a definite path if you beat Nebraska to 4-0. Well, here you are, 1-3. You did beat Nebraska. I was feeling good about that 4-0 prediction. And uh, you go on to lose three straight before you have your second Big Ten game this weekend. You are still technically 1-0 in the Big Ten. Uh, 1-0 in the Big Ten West as well. So you're 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 not in last place there. But the three out-of-conference losses, those hurt big time. I think uh, all three were by one score, if I recall correctly. I think it was by 18 total points across the three games. But let's kind of dive through each game, kind of kind of look back on them, the takeaways. Um, things that were very good, things that were not so great, reasons why it didn't go Northwestern's way. And let's start with that Nebraska win. Obviously, week zero in Dublin, got a lot of hype, very big moment. And you go on the road, um, you get down by 11 early, you get down by 11 again later, and you come back and you win 31-28 to kick off the season, to kick off Big Ten play, to kick off college football for everybody because you were the primetime game of Week Zero. Ryan Holinsky looked awesome in the game. He looked very calm, very comfortable. He was he was as confident as I've ever seen him, and he had all day to throw thanks to the offensive line. But he was 27 of 38 for 314 yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions. But he wasn't the only one that stood out on the offense. I mean, Evan Hull and Cam Porter ran the ball very well on that Husker front behind that offensive line. Evan Hull, 22 rushes, 119 yards, one touchdown, five receptions for 55 yards. Cam Porter, 19 rushes, 94 yards, one touchdown, one reception for five yards. Did have a fumble, but ran the ball well nonetheless. The offensive line dominated the game. The offensive line was the story of the game. 
far away the the biggest storyline of that week zero game was how well Northwestern's offensive line played. I mean, they gave Halinski all day to throw back there. He looked and he wasn't he wasn't under any pressure hardly at all. Gave him time to survey the field, make the right reads, make the right throws, um, and he felt calm and he felt comfortable back there. And I think that showed. In the run game, they pushed around a big Nebraska front in terms of size. Pushed them around, ran the ball very, very well. In the past game, your two stars were uh, Malik Washington with eight for 97, and then Evan Hull, five for, f- for 55 out of the backfield. Those were, those were the two guys who stood out the most for this Northwestern offense in the past game. But you did start to see... The emergence of Thomas Gordon grabbed a couple balls there in that game, and he kind of started to make his presence felt uh, at the tight end position. The defense did a pretty good job stopping the run, limited Nebraska, a good Nebraska running offense, rushing offense, to just 110 yards rushing on the day. Defense did force three turnovers. Uh, You lost one turnover. So you were positive in the turnover battle. Cam Mitchell played well in the hole. Came with a big, big interception. Helped swing momentum. Uh, Xander Mueller came up with a big interception. uh, And the defense recovered a fumble as well. The issue, though, was the secondary got banged up. And those effects have been felt ever since. Um, Starting to get guys back now from that. But uh, Luke Akers was... Unbelievable in that game, punting. Uh, a lot of fun. Kept pinning uh, Nebraska deep. Pinned him at the one once. Pinned him at the four once on a ball that bounced at the one-yard line and backed up to the four. Uh, the entire coverage team bit on a, a deke by the return man who ran, came sprinting up to like the 10 or 15-yard line like he was calling a fair catch. Ball bounced behind him at the one and ba- backed up to the four. You kind of dominated the the field position battle uh, as a result, and that was huge. Your offense went for 500-plus yards. Very positive day offensively. Um, Saw a lot of good things that looked better than um, maybe you had seen the year before or were expecting, and you were feeling hot coming out of that. Get the bye week, get Duke at home in week two, Got to spend some extra time in Dublin because you did have week one off. Well, here you go to week two. Duke comes to town. I I thought going into the game, Northwestern was a better team. They're 10-point favorites, I believe, if I recall correctly. And pretty much out the gate, it started exactly like the year before. Northwestern dug a massive hole. 21-0 hole right off the bat. Tough to overcome that big place, some head scratching plays. Uh, guys, uh, yeah, saw Cam Mitchell give up a big 80 yard pass on a play that um, he thought he was interfered with, and then he kind of gave up on it and then had to start running again and run it down. Too many explosive plays, especially early on, uh, especially in a, your home opener in front of your fans coming off a big win. Halinski was solid, he was 36 of 60. For 435 yards, two touchdowns, one interception. But the story of this game on offense was Evan Hull. Evan Hull went 
supernova, superhuman, super saiyan, whatever you want to call it. Uh, 17 rushes, 65 yards, one touchdown. Not that impressive in the in in its in its own respect, but this is where it got crazy. 14 receptions, 213 yards, and one touchdown. He quite literally put the offense on his shoulders, and he said, "Get on board, boys, because we're gonna climb our way back in this game." And sure enough, they did. Uh, but at the end of the day, some critical co- turnovers late caused that comeback to come up short. Uh, you lose the turnover bat- battle three to one, uh, so you're minus two in the turnover battle there. Helensky threw a bad interception late that he shouldn't have thrown. Uh, that put you down eight, and then Evan Hall trying to just carry you and will the team down the field. Fumbled crossing the goal line, goes for a touchback. Uh, we've seen it happen a bunch. Saw it happen this past weekend. I mean, you see it all over college football, all over the NFL. Um, that that fumble going into the end zone for a touchback. Uh, so, I, but I don't blame I don't blame Evan Hall because you would not have been in that situation without him. Uh, offense went for well over 500 yards. Awesome performance by them. Um, but the defense got run on, and that was the issue, is the defense gave up 221 yards rushing. Um, secondary, a lot of new guys back there. You're banged up. Gave up some explosive plays, one of which was an 80-yard pass that we talked about earlier. The other was a ball through the hands of one Duke receiver into the hands of one behind him for 50-something yards. Um, you just didn't do a good job limiting the explosive play. And you dug that hole, and your critical turnovers kept you from coming back in that game. I thought you were the better team. I still believe you are the better team. But that one was a big blow to the confidence of this this Northwestern team. So you fall to one and one, and you feel like you should feel you should be two and zero. Oh, and you go into the next game against Southern Illinois, uh, FCS team team that struggled to. Stop the pass. Uh, we're giving them like 380 yards passing coming in. And you kind of have a head scratcher. Um, Helensky was rattled from the word go. Like he wasn't under a lot of pressure. It were really like he just was uncomfortable. And so he was 27 of 43 for 213 yards. Just at a certain point, they quit pushing the ball down the field. One touchdown, two interceptions. I think after that second pick, you saw them kind of tighten the reins on him and say, "Okay, we're gonna we're gonna keep it all short. We're gonna try to keep you comfortable." Um, Evan Hole, he was good. Twenty five rushes, one hundred twenty four yards, one touchdown, eight catches for thirty three yards. Not quite what you saw the week before, but still very strong. Malik Washington was solid. Four receptions, seventy six yards, and a touchdown. Defense got passed on some, though. De- defense um, struggled to, at times to pass, to stop a short um, quarterback that can kind of scramble back there, create space, and then make some plays in the pass game. You get 260 yards to a Southern Illinois team that I think is a solid FCS team, made the playoffs last year. Their record was 0-2 coming in, but that was misleading. Um, but they, you still shouldn't lose that game. And you, you you end up losing that game 31-24. And boy, that one just leaves a 
bad taste in your mouth. All of a sudden, you're sitting there kind of shaking a little bit. One and two, when you very easily should be 3-0. and uh, You could be 3-0. and You should be 3-0. and You're the better team but each of those games. And that brings you to last weekend against Miami of Ohio, MAC team. Um, and it was just a grinded out kind of game, you know. Helensky was fine. 26 of 44 for 257 yards, no touchdowns, no picks. Uh, you'll take that out of him. Uh, Evan Hull struggled, though. First time we've seen him really struggle at all. 21 rushes, 62 yards, two receptions, 10 yards. By far his worst game of the season. Cam Porter, though, his backup looked good to the point that it was a little confusing that he wasn't getting more opportunities. Seven rushes, 42 yards, had a rushing touchdown as well. Um, I'm still puzzled why he doesn't get the ball more in the passing game, uh, especially after he started to show some explosiveness after a rough week two against Duke. Um, But yet again, you're plagued by unfortunate turnovers. Malik Washington was having a good, good game. um, And then he fumbled twice and you just, you can't have that happen. You can't have that happen. It's, it's backbreaking. Um, especially when you're on the middle of drives, you're getting down the field, and he coughs it up twice in the middle when you kind of have some momentum. Tight ends continue to look solid. Thomas Gordon, Marshall Lang um, have started to come on more and more. Um, They make plays in the red zone, which is what you need, what you want. Uh, But the turnovers and then a blocked punt right before half, recovered by Miami at the Northwestern 8-yard line. Those kill you. Those kill you. Those those swing all the momentum out of your favor. Defense played pretty well, all things considered. Um, didn't give up a lot of run, a lot of yards. Uh, gave up some on the run uh, in the run game. A lot of that was blown out of pr- proportion by a sixty-six yard run late. Uh, gave up about one hundred fifty yards. Otherwise, only gave up like sixty-two passing yards. Um, and yeah, the I mean, thought the you get Cam Mitchell back, you get Coco Ozma back. Thought both of them made their presence felt. Thought the secondary played a lot better with some of its experienced guys in there. Granted, you were playing a backup quarterback because the starter had gotten hurt weeks before that. Um, one huge explosive run kind of ruined the defensive front's performance in the game, uh, and you lost that turnover battle two to nothing the blocked punt, and sure enough, at the end of the game, you look up, and it's a 17-14 loss. I think your your offense wasn't quite clicking. You weren't really pushing the ball down the field. Evan Hull struggled to run the ball. You weren't running as many plays as you had been. All of those factors combined with those turnovers and that blocked punt, and you found yourself at the end of the game, uh, Miami kicking a field goal to take the lead to win the game 17-14, and just like that, a stretch that you easily could be 4-0. You probably should be 4-0. In each of those games, I think you're the better team, and you just lose. Um, it's tough. It's a tough pill to swallow. Uh, it's not what you want, obviously, and it's it's difficult. And you're going to see how this Northwestern team kind of gets off the mat I don't know. It remains to be seen, but that's where we're at so far through four games. 
Next up, we're going to look at, well, what do we know through these four games? What do we, what do, what do I think about these first four games? And, and what do I think about this team? Um, and so that's going to be what's coming up next. But first, um, let's talk about our friends at Upside. From cringing at the pump to getting an eye-popping check at your favorite restaurant, inflation is hitting us all where it hurts, and it really hurts. That's why I started using Upside. Upside is an incredible app for anyone who buys gas, groceries, or dines out. With every purchase, I'm earning cash back thanks to Upside. Upside is something that's been huge for me as I try to save money and I've been going through, the, I guess, the moving process to my new place here over the last month or two. Um, it's been very, it's been a great tool that I've come across. And thanks to our, uh, thanks to the Locked On Podcast Network kind of putting me on it. And I'm glad that they've put me on it and allowed me to start help saving money. To get started, download the free Upside app. Use promo code LOCKED and get $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more. Next, claim an offer for whatever you're buying on Upside. Check in at the business, pay as usual with a credit or debit card, and get paid. In comparison to credit card rewards or loyalty programs, you can earn three times more cash back with Upside. Upside users are earning more than a million dollars every week. That's probably why they have a 4.8 star rating on the App Store. Download the free Upside app. Use promo code LOCKED to get $5 or more cash back with your first purchase of $10 or more. That's $5 or more back on your first purchase of $10 or more using promo code LOCKED. All right, so now that we've talked about, I guess, the... the um, the season at this point, the four games, uh, the should be four and zero start, the one and three start that is, but the one and zero in conference play. Let's talk about what do we know through four games. Well, I think we know that Ryan Holinsky is much improved. He's not he's not the guy that we've seen to this point in his career. Um, but as much as he's improved, he's. He really looked like a, I mean, he really did look like a brand new shiny toy for Mike Bajakian and the offense um, the first couple games. And that shine's come off a little bit last couple games. That that third game was rough. Um, this past game, maybe you didn't fully trust him to go back to what he'd been the first two weeks. But um, he played fine. He wasn't. He played plenty good enough to win. You just didn't get um, some of the other one-on-one wins, some of the other performances that you need uh, with him on the offense. So Evan Hull has been unbelievable. Last week struggled, but besides that, he's been everything you could ask for and more. Um, phenomenal player. Uh, three hundred yards rushing, three hundred yards receiving. Um, really impressive this season so far. And I think he's, he's just going to keep it up as the season goes on because his offensive line is really, really good. And I think that sometimes they can be great. Um, but generally they're, they are good in every performance they've had. They've been one of the highest graded units on the offense They're Each week they are, they've got like 
three or four of the top five or six grades every single week on the offense. Um, and that's part of the reason why you you kind of are frustrated because the offensive line is good, the running back is good, the quarterback has been good, yet you find yourself one and three, but you should be four and oh. You've been the best team in all four games. And a serious reason why things haven't gone your way is the defense seriously lacks lateral speed. They when when teams attack the edge and attack the edge effectively against this Northwestern team, especially at that second level with the linebackers, especially when you've been as banged up on the back end as Northwestern's been, you get exposed a little bit. And you've seen that at times. Um, it's not a great side-to-side defense. They're very much more a north and south come downhill and make plays, make tackles. Um, the DBs have been crazy banged up this year. One point you were down like four bodies in the in the out of your first what five or six guys um, against Southern Illinois, and now you're starting to get some guys back. Maybe that's and you're starting to see the impact. You they played a lot better on Saturday. Maybe they keep that up. Maybe this defense kind of starts to come around, and it starts with that back end getting healthy. But the, what you have noticed is there's just no depth on that back end. It's when those guys go down, this group was in trouble, um, and they struggled at times. They gave up big plays at times. Um, the other thing, Northwestern's not good enough to win games while losing the turnover battle. I mean, you just can't do it. And you're doing it too often right now. Defense isn't uh, producing, isn't turning over teams that that often. Uh, and the offense has really, really untimely turnovers to this point in the season. Uh, special teams has been a big hit and miss operation this year. Luke Akers was awesome in week one, and when he does get the punts off, I mean, he's good. But, you know, blocked punt last week, and boy, did that one hurt. Boy, did that one – that one essentially allowed um, a Miami team to stay in that game, to to feel – have some confidence going into half. And, I mean, if they don't have the eight-yard drive off the block punt for a touchdown – what real positives would Miami have had offensively going to the half? I mean, there really wouldn't have been much of anything. Um, stage has been pretty hit or miss um, at on field goals, pretty spotty. He's got a couple misses already, a couple makes. Um, has handled his extra points fine, um, but a little inconsistent there. Uh, on the other side, you have blocked two field goals of your opponents uh, in back-to-back weeks, which has been huge. It's been helpful. It's allowed you to stay in games and compete, but um, it's just been really inconsistent and up and down on special teams. Uh, puzzling because special teams is generally an area where where coaching is the biggest thing. It's the easiest thing to flip with coaching. And we know that this Northwestern coaching staff is good. We know that Pat Fitzgerald is a great coach. Uh, what do I think through four games? I think Northwestern is better than its one and three record. And I don't think they're getting credit for whether they make sense that they're not getting credit for it nationally. They don't get credit for a lot of things nationally. But I think people think this Northwestern team is a lot worse than they are. Uh, 
Uh, it feels like every time in a big spot there's a pivotal play, it goes against Northwestern, and that's that's tough. Uh, it's tough to overcome, and you saw it on you saw it on Saturday. Uh, the blocked punt, fumbles, just nothing really went their way. Some turnovers and big or some penalties in big spots. Um, as far as in going forward, Northwestern has to get more pressure on quarterbacks. They're not getting enough pressure with the D line. Um, this team is capable of winning more games in Big Ten play. They absolutely can. the The Big Ten is beatable there are a lot of beatable teams in the big 10 but you have to get better performance out of the d-line you you still lack that athleticism that depth and that speed on defense um specifically at the second level and on the third level as far as depth um it's not great you desperately 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 have to stay healthy on the back end but yeah those are the things that i think i i think we know through through four games and the things that i think um i think i know about this this northwestern team through um four games so far here in a second we're going to take talk about the expectations going forward um but first know what your team is up against across the big 10 with Locked On Big Ten. Everyday host Nate Dickinson and the local experts of Locked On take you across the Big Ten in 30 minutes. Make Locked On Big Ten your second listen. Locked On Big Ten. All right, so now that we know everything about um, what we know from big picture-wise from these four games and what we think we know from these first four games, let's just look here at the rest and what, what should be the expectations. Um, well, first, Big Ten play is back. Second Big Ten game. You go to State College. You play take on Penn State. You are enormous underdogs in this game. But I think you can compete. I think there is a an avenue to compete. I, I want to see this Northwestern team stop the run. I want to see them establish Evan Hole. Evan Hole did not have a great game last week. I want to see him get back into having those solid, solid games behind a good offensive line. And then... You gotta find a way to win the turnover battle. You gotta find a way to win the the uh, turnover battle. Um, you haven't done a good job of that recently. Uh, if you do that, you very easily can turn that game into a game in the fourth quarter. Um, I think the the line's a little out of whack, and we'll talk about that later in the week. But it'll be interesting to see how this Northwestern team responds in its first true road test, true road game. Then you come back home, get Wisconsin at home, where, look, kind of like that Penn State game, you got to stop the run. You got to make Graham Mertz beat you. Because I don't think he's that great of a quarterback. I really don't. I think he's pretty average. Again, you have to find a way to start winning the turnover battles. And these games where you're outmatched athlete for athlete, you got to win the turnover battle. You got to run the football. You got to run the the football behind that offensive line. I very much believe that Northwestern can hang with Wisconsin. Um, but you you got to do those things right there. You got to run the ball. You got to stop the run. You got to make Mertz beat you. I don't think he can. And you got to win that turnover battle. Then you get your bye week. You come off your bye. 
and you go on the road to Maryland. I think you just got to find a way to put some pressure on Maryland. See if you can make Talia Tatango-Vailoa uncomfortable. And then again, like force some turnovers. We've seen him at times turn the ball over in his career. Why not get you two, three picks? Why not get you a fumble? I mean, that's going to be the type of thing that I guess a high-scoring team, a team that can put up points in Maryland, Northwestern's going to need. Uh, and then the offense has to come out, and they have to click in that game. But I again, I don't. I I think this Northwestern team, if it wins the turnover battle, if it if it clicks on offense, it can hang in a game like that for four quarters. Uh, and then at that point, I mean, who knows what happens? Then you get Iowa on the road. This is one that I think North, Northwestern is going to go get. I think they're going to go beat this team. I know Iowa's defense is awesome. It's great. They don't give up points. But find a way to make it easy on Helensky. Make sure he's comfortable. And then let your workhorse running backs in your offensive line do the work for you. But make Spencer Petras beat you. He's legitimately the worst quarterback in the Power Five, in my estimation. So I don't, I want him to be the one to beat you. Put the pressure on the Iowa offense to win the game. I don't think they can. Next, you get Ohio State. And that's just find a way not to get bulldozed. Show, show some fight. Um, it's going to be hard. They're better athletically at every single position. And you don't love that in a matchup. Following week, Minnesota. I think Minnesota's the best team in the Big Ten West. And it's they are not Ohio State, but there's going to be a little bit of that same aspect. Show fight. Kind of ditto for for the uh, Ohio State game. Show some fight, battle. Don't get the doors blown off you in that game. Then Purdue. Give Purdue trouble on the road. Like, shut down Charlie Jones. Shut down Charlie Jones. Run the football. Get Helensky in a rhythm. Helensky in a rhythm makes that offense go. When you can when you can trust him to make the right decisions, when you kind of get him in that flow behind that offensive line, that's when we've seen an explosive Northwestern offense. And I think this Penn State defense is gettable. I think it's they are you can you can put up some numbers against them. Finally, beat Illinois. Just find a way to beat Illinois. Don't let Chase Brown beat you. He's putting up stupid numbers in the run game. Win the turnover battle. Put Helensky, get Helensky back in that rhythm. It's kind of similar to, to what, what my thought process is for the, that Purdue game. And run the ball with your two running backs behind that offensive line. Continue to do those types of things. And I think you're in a great spot. But as far as season-long expectations at this point, a bowl game is more than likely probably off the table at this point just because you're asking this group to go five and three. The No, five and... Yeah, five five and three the, the rest of the way. A very, very, very difficult schedule. Um, but can they go four and four? That'd be my challenge. Can they 
Can they go four and four? Can they get to five and seven? The schedule is brutal. You got to go to on the road for a bunch of tough games, but there are winnable games on that schedule. You just got to be able to handle the road environment and you got to play well. You got to win the turnover battle because the big 10 is susceptible, especially the big 10 West. And I mean, if you get hot, who knows what happens? If you get hot, who knows? I mean, that's kind of, that's kind of the story. Um, with with some of these Cinderella teams you see in college football. So that's going to be what I'm looking for the rest of the year. But that's kind of my first third of the year snapshot of let's take stock about where, where this season is, where it's gone. Um, and, yeah, I mean, that's, what, that's what how, I, how I see it so far. Uh, that's probably going to do it for today's show. Later this week we're going to start digging into Penn State's. Um, and yeah, um, it'll be, it'll be fun to do that Penn state team that I'm, I've spent some time looking into previously. They've exceeded my expectations this year. They're better than, than I thought they'd be. Um, but I think that Northwestern, if they do the right things can give them a little bit of a fight. Um, so that's what I'm, that's what I'm looking for this week. But, um, yeah, thank you for making Locked On Northwestern your first listen every day. We're available wherever you get podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever. We're on YouTube. Just search Locked On Northwestern. Uh, subscribe, turn on notifications, leave a review, um, leave a comment. We'd love to interact with you. We'd love to get your feedback. Uh, I'm your host, Carter Bird. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at CarterBird13. And yeah. I will see you next time.